Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live here on Bob Long Sports. Your host this evening, as all season long, Tyler Gellhouse, alongside me, Bob Long. Thrilled to have everybody. And uh, yeah, everybody feeling pretty good about the Nittany Lions, I would say, after a 46 to 10 drubbing of the Ohio Bobcats. We'll talk a little bit about the game, more so from personnel standpoints, Tyler, what we learned and then apply that to a much larger test on the road against Auburn, the 3.30 slot on CBS, which is exciting. Anytime you're in that time slot, it's a big football game. But, Tyler, I will turn it to you. If there are one or two major takeaways from the win against Ohio and what the application will be to this week against Auburn, what would those things be? Number one, I think you got to start in the backfield with Nick Singleton. I think he's established himself as the number one option in the Penn State backfield. Um, we've heard all the praise, um, all the good stuff coming out of the Nick Singleton camp. And, um, yes, it was Ohio that he played against, but I think he averaged, oh, my God, almost like, what was it, 19 yards a run or something like that, ridiculous. Um, yeah, 10, 10 touches. That was yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, two long touchdown runs. So, um that's my first – that's my huge takeaway is, you know, and there wasn't much Kevon Lee who is still probably, quote, unquote, the starter. But, you know, in my eyes, the writing's on the wall. Um, Penn State's got a role with Singleton and, and even Allen is number two in my belief, or if they go 2A, 2B, Allen and, and uh, Lee for bigger guys behind Singleton. But Singleton's a real deal. So, finally, it appears we have a home run threat a difference maker at running back that we've been lacking the last couple of seasons. So interested to see how he uh, singleton and the uh, run game do against a stout run defense in Auburn. Yeah. On the Nick Singleton side, we talked about it last week was Penn state running to his strengths. And specifically we leaned on the expertise of, of Bruce Badgley who calls district three football yeah, and they must, Governor Mifflin. They, Penn state must've been listening to the podcast. Uh, they got a hold of Bruce Badgley and, and Bruce. <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you this. He's down on the field this year for every Maybe. Penn State home game. So he's in- he probably just got in his ear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, they got him running downhill. Uh, he is very comfortable getting to the boundary. And I say this half tongue in cheek, quite frankly, half in jest, if you will. But uh, just like in high school, he got to the edge because he was just a better athlete than the guys on the other side of the field. And of course the guys playing for Ohio are great athletes. They will take a step up with the speed of an SEC defense. And uh, the question will be, right. Will those, will those holes be there? Will he be able to beat Auburn's defense to the, to the edge and then run to the end zone? However, however, it's a big play threat that they have not had since Miles Sanders. Yeah, and before that Saquon Barkley, well, of course. If, I would say I would argue Journey Brown for the limited t- limited yeah, time. Fair point. For yeah. his, uh, um, but yeah, it's, which it's was a, a uh, which was a really nice surprise that yeah. year, and of course his career and, cut way too short. But it's exciting to have a running back like Nick Singleton, you know, for the next three years, um, and hopefully Penn State continues to use him to his strengths. I mean, listen, I I think it's great that. Um, they were talking about it on the telecast a little bit on Saturday that, you know, Penn State play, bringing in two running backs in the last class with Allen and Singleton, you know, having four guys really that are all capable of getting 
time, in a sense, it's a good thing because it's keeping these guys fresh. We all know how the what the, the shelf life is in the NFL, especially at running back. Um, yeah, you might not rush for a thousand yards a year and break the school touchdown record and rushing record and all that, but at the end of the day, it's it's also pretty good that you can keep your body healthy. Um, well, chances are you're gonna you're gonna be taking less hits with a backfield like that. And you know, also the competition in the running back room. I mean, that's that's really prepping you for when you get to the NFL at that next level with the competition. So, um, you know, I, I think they're going to continue to rotate backs. And uh, I just think that Nick Singleton by far brings the most to the table. And I'm hoping that he gets, you know, the most um, the most snaps out of the group. Lots of other freshmen got a lot of time. Drew Aller had a tremendous day. He continues to impress and continues to certainly solidify the number two spot over Christian Bayer and, and Bo Perbula, but nipping at the heels of Sean Clifford. I don't know if going into Jordan-Hare Stadium is the right time necessarily to take a no, I, quarterback I off the field, but he, he's right there, and you feel like if there's an Iowa situation, Sean Clifford gets banged up. There's a confidence there in Drew Aller. Even if he doesn't get banged up, I mean, I think Sean Clifford is playing – Really good. I guess you could say really good football. I don't know if you would agree with that through two games. I would say. I would not, but I'll I'll hear yeah. your thoughts. And I mean, then I'll... Other than the pick that almost cost him, he hasn't necessarily killed Penn State, which I guess is good for Penn State's sake. Now, last year he played his best game against Auburn. 28-32. Uh, obviously he had Jahan Dotson. I'm interested to see how he does again this year against Auburn. Um Another reason I like rolling with Clifford in the Jordan-Hare Stadium, he's been through it all. I mean, he's played at Ohio State. He, he's, he's played at Iowa. He's, he's played it at Michigan. He, you know what I mean? So, Wisconsin last year. So, he has this experience where I feel more confident in him from a mental and experience point. Um, but you're, you're right, man. I mean, Drew Aller is right at his heels. And I don't know if you saw today, but – Fight on, fight on State, or no, I'm sorry, Onward State released a um, a tweet saying that Sean Clifford's Heisman odds are 250 to 1. Drew Aller's Heisman odds are 100 to 1. <laughs> I don't think I'd take either of those bets. I wouldn't either, but to me it was just like really strange that they had him above Clifford and by that much to me like – you know, the whole Vegas. No, silly question, by do the they, way. They, was Onward State just reporting something from somewhere else, or were they devising these odds? I'm filming on my phone right now, um, so I can't go I, on. To, I'm guessing it's real odds. I'm just – I'm asking I, the question. I, yeah. so too. I mean, I just kind of read the, the title. You know, I didn't open yeah. it up. But I, I might check it out on, on FanDuel after this or something like that. But, <laughs> I mean, listen. No ads. Yeah, the, the guy, Drew Aller is just different. I mean, the way he's in the, his pocket presence as a freshman, his, his arm strength, it, it, it looks effortless. And um, <laughs> I don't – it's it's going to be very interesting to watch because all that it's going to take is for Sean Clifford to get, you know, knocked around a little bit, go to the, go to the locker room and if – like Purdue, but if, if Drew Aller comes in and just kills it, I don't know if they can turn. I don't know if they can and if they will. 
it's it's getting to that point. I absolutely agree with you. You can kind of Drew, feel- Drew, you can. You absolutely yeah. can feel it. And and the other thing, Tyler, is you know, is Sean Clifford playing well? I, I would argue no. I mean, he played fine against Ohio. He was able to set his feet. He had clean pockets. He made some throws. He made some missed throws as well. Nothing egregious. But again, going back to Purdue, anytime he's off schedule, anytime he starts to backpedal and tries to throw off his back foot, he has a good arm, not a plus arm. And Drew Aller can make those off schedule back foot throws. Not that that's how you're devising an offense. But again, Sean Clifford does have limitations and we will see him one of two things hold on to the ball for too long and when he's not holding on to the ball for too long he'll get onto his back foot his mechanics will not be sound and that's when he airmails the ball or doesn't put enough juice on the ball and creates major problems for Penn State in the form of interceptions or just general inaccuracy yeah Uh, he has not to my mind gotten back to the point from a quality of play standard that we saw this time last year when Auburn visited Beaver Stadium. Sure, it's the hope of Penn State fans that he returns to that this weekend down at Auburn. But no, I, I don't have him playing great football or not football that is going to be needed to seriously contend in the East right now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say great either. I said good football. Sure. I think I um because I'm looking at the his statistics are actually pretty good, but that's only one way to really measure everything is you just went very in depth on his performance, which I think is very valuable. Um, I, it, <laughs> I, I'm just very curious because put it this way. Let me ask you this. Who would you feel more? Who do you feel more com- confident going into Jordan Hare, Sean Clifford or Drew Allen? Who, in your opinion, gives Penn State the best chance to go in there and win? Yeah, that's a great question. That is a great, that's a $70 million question right there. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, that 10-year contract for James? Anyways, I, I think I would start Sean Clifford with a quick hook. Yeah. And, and I think, but I think the, it's. The, the gap I, is like very, very slim now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a quick hook, and I think by the 24th of September against Central Michigan, I would throw Drew Aller on the field. I mean, again, subject to what we learned this weekend, of course, right, this is a fluid situation, and we're evaluating progress, but I think that Drew Aller will continue to progress very quickly, and by mid-October, I think he's the guy, whether that's via... Clifford being banged up or some other reason, which again goes against everything I've said mm-hmm. the last couple of years. But there's also a different talent that Dude. we've seen in a college situation, and as we talked about last week, that's important for me. I got to see it. Don't just give me tape and tell me it's raining. Right. <laughs> right. Do Do you think that the staff is having like conversations like we are about this? Like, is it that? closer do you think because i could see franklin i don't know what he said today in his press conference but kind of oh no sean's our guy blah blah you know the whole coach speak thing but behind closed doors do you think that there is conversations going on like what we're having right now essentially i i do 
I, I do. I absolutely do. I mean, listen, they're, they're smarter football guys than just about anybody watching or mm-hmm. commenting on this. And I think it's pretty clear to a novice football fan, let alone them or, you know, you and I somewhere in that spectrum that this kid has it and recognizing that it is difficult and different going into Jordan Hare stadium at the, in the sec with the speed of that defense, which again, is I don't think I'd start him, but I would have a, I would have a quick hook. If let's just say that line, this might be counterintuitive. Let's just say that line does not protect Sean Clifford. Well, you would think, boy, tough spot for a true freshman to come in. You'd be right about that. But I also think that Drew Aller is more equipped today to not only move in the pocket with purpose, but also to deliver off-schedule, off-balance throws to where they need to go on the field against a quick defense. I mean, the moment that Sean Clifford just kind of lofts one a little high or throws a duck or doesn't put enough pace on it, that ball is going to be knocked down if not intercepted. And there's a higher level of football going on from a defensive standpoint. Granted, we'll talk about Auburn in a second, and they're not playing their best, but the talent is there. And I think that Penn State would be well-served, you know, to, to match and have that quick hook if they feel that Sean Clifford has happy feet. Sean Clifford does not set his feet and make good, solid throws. Um, Man, I would have I- him waiting in the wings. I know it's a business, but my God, a, a four-year starter, a four-time captain. Um, Jalen Hurts in the well, national championship game and Tua Tagovailoa. I yeah. Mean, is it, there listen, any better example? And it's, it's the staff's job to put the best team out there, best chance to win. I Listen, I, I think everybody agrees that Aller is – well, he's – probably the better quarterback and I'm probably is almost definitely to me it's just I think they're still leaning on Sean for his experience his leadership knowledge um whatever you want to call it I mean it it's unbelievable through not I mean Drew Allers maybe thrown what 20 passes in his Penn State career something like that and 97.5 Anthony Gargano's talked about him after each game now like that's that's yep. big time stuff. I mean, they don't talk about Penn State during Eagle season. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's big time stuff. And for him to be getting rave reviews from Philadelphia sports analysis on the radio, um, and he's not even the starter. And by the way, they're calling for him to start too over Clifford. So um it it's gonna be interesting to see how this shakes out. I just hope that if there is a change, it doesn't cost Penn State, you know, a loss, even though it probably would if there's a change made. Sure. Fair point. And I think the last point I'll make on this one is I recognize that, that it's not a straight line. With a true freshman quarterback, it just won't be. Um, you know, I, I mentioned examples in the past of, of guys coming in and having good success early. And then somebody makes an adjustment, right? An opponent makes an adjustment. That will happen with Drew Aller. But I believe that the ceiling is that much higher. And I believe that the learning curve has been swift. Yeah. And so I, he's a vi- at absolute minimum, he is a viable option tomorrow. And that is something that Penn State has not been able to say for quite a long time. 
which is exciting. It also puts a lot of pressure on that coaching staff. Let's call it a good problem to have at quarterback. Better than last it, year. That's for sure. So maybe we talk a little bit of Auburn, right? We talk about the defense and why they put pressure on a quarterback like Clifford and what some of his, we'll call them weaknesses, could could exhibit. But your take on the Tigers. My take on the Tigers right now is – um, I don't want to say turmoil, uh, although that might be a good word to use. Um, th- there's a lot of interesting things going back to the off season, really, that have happened down in Auburn. It seemed like for a little bit, Brian Horson was going to get fired. He didn't get fired. Um, it doesn't seem like the fan base is behind him. Um, there's a lot of mixed emotions. Some people obviously want them to beat Penn State. And then others want them to like get killed that I'm reading about so that like his job's really on the line. So um, I I don't, <laughs> they have a lot going on and they haven't really played that great of football either in their two games against Mercer and San Jose state. They haven't looked impressive. Um, they won them both, which in college football, we know that's important because we see what happens you know, week weekly with these upsets. So at least they won the games, but they did not look impressive winning either one of them. Agreed. Uh, situation at quarterback, TJ Finley. Penn State fans remember that name from the transfer portal. And there was some communication there or some thoughts that perhaps that was a possibility. He comes to it. Auburn, gets in, gets in trouble in the offseason with the law and struggles. Tyler, to your point, you mentioned, thank goodness it didn't happen. Yeah, actually, Bob, the their other quarterback, Robbie Ashford, Ashford is a uh, Oregon transfer. It was kind of like a, a trade for Bo Nix, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, Bo Nix. But um, he, Ashford is more of a running threat, and they, they love bringing him in the run. Um, you know, Auburn's a run team. You know, Ashford, Tank Bigsby. Jerquist, Hunter, uh, they got another running back last name, Austin, a freshman. So um, they love to run the ball. Um, I think Penn State is best suited to stack the box. I think Penn State is – and when I say that, for those that don't know, that means bring bring the safeties down a little bit, make it harder for Auburn to run the ball. You're essentially inviting them to pass on your cornerbacks. And with that being said, I press cover. I, I jam them right away. Um, you have Joey Porter, who's phenomenal on one side. You have Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Marquise Wilson, Daquan Hardy in the slot, you know, whoever. I, I My game plan is make Auburn beat you through the air because I don't think that they – I don't think – they they haven't shown that they're capable of doing it. And I don't think T.J. Finley is going to pull a rabbit out of his hat and go 25 for 30 for 304 touchdowns or something like that. I'm with you. And from that standpoint of, of bringing that eighth man into the box, right, whether that's creeping up Jair Brown, you go with two safeties, right? But Brown, one of those guys that is very good at getting to the line. Uh, we've heard a couple of comparisons this week to Marcus Allen in his, you know, in his, his game, the way he goes about it. Right, Brown, a phenomenal talent there. I think they're going to be working the linebackers in and out. We saw Abdul Carter get a lot more snaps. They really – Play really a lot more. like him. Yeah. I think he's going to yep. play a lot this week too, Bob. 
Sure. Now, would you see situations you expect him to play strictly in place of Curtis Jacobs? Do you expect to see him alongside Curtis Jacobs? I know that they're both at the will, but it doesn't make sense to me um, because they're your two best athletes at the position. Yep, I agree with you. And I hope Manny Diaz, and I'd like to think that he is – Come on, if I if I'm saying that, he's got to know that too. So, um, you know, I I would love to have both of them out there at the same time. I mean, that's that's chaos for the other team. So, um, you get two guys running like running like safeties and hitting like linebackers. You know, um, listen, they 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 like Jonathan Sutherland, another four year captain. Yeah, has played mostly on special teams. Was previously a backup safety, and and now is taking on the linebacker position. But this feels like another one, right? Another super senior position number battle. 11. Number 11. They don't another just super that, senior, but... though, in Sutherland against a true freshman, Abdul Carter. There was hype coming in. He was a top recruit. He has all the measurables. Fast learning curve, which I'm thrilled to see as a proud LaSalle High School alum, which is where he went to school, and we called his games for four years, and Yes, he played all four years. That's what it feels like to me, Tyler, is the moment Sutherland goes down or they start splitting more snaps and it's Carter making the impact. It's actually an easier position to kind of overtake somebody because there are more snaps to go around. It feels like by mid-October, subject to, but, subject to more information, but feels like by mid-October he's getting – a lot but, more snaps if they're willing to throw him on the strong side with yes, Jacob opposite. Yes. I don't I don't know, you know, X's and O's, the Sam versus the Will. Like I know strong side, weak side, but I don't know about the learning curve and and if he if he fits that. But I mean, I would be doing everything I can to get Jacobs and Carter out there. I mean, really they're probably the two best linebackers. Yep. I think you're right about that. I think you're right. Like Elsden is a Jason Cabinda type, right, will not jump off the page at you, but is pretty good from a a standpoint of his gaps and his, right. you know, pre-snap reads. And he's calling the signals just like Cabinda did. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty good defense. It, it, it has a chance to be even better. And I mean, that, that Ohio game, the only touchdown they had was they had like five fake trick plays on their way down the score. I mean – Give yep. him credit, but like that was, that was it. And that was the other thing I took away from the game was, you know, you look around and App- Appalachian State beating Texas A&M, Marshall beating Notre Dame, like Texas. That's a bad loss, by yeah, the way. Notre Dame, Marshall, Alabama, yikes. Texas almost beat Alabama, which isn't as crazy as the the Marshall Notre Dame from it from a name standpoint and all that, obviously, and a talent, but you. Every game is losable. I mean, we saw, obviously, under different um, circumstances, Penn State lost to Ohio 10 years ago. But you just never know in college football. And they did more than win. They they did everything they had to do. There wasn't, a like, a drop-off from the ones to the twos to the threes. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about that because that could have easily been a, uh, a 31, you know, 14 or, you know, something like that that, looks a little closer than it really was, you know, coming off of a big emotional win at Purdue, looking ahead to Auburn next week away. Like, not, I don't want to call it a trap game because Ohio's not that good, but kind of losing your mental, um, you know, your state of thought. And, and 
credit to them because they they came out and, and did more than what people expected. I'll, I'll give you one more takeaway, and then maybe we'll make some picks for Auburn and, and discuss any keys we haven't gotten to. But for a while, Tyler, we've talked about, and the fan base has been very vocal about, some lukewarm to to very aggressive takes about James Franklin and the large contract. And it's a large contract. Don't get me wrong. And Purdue was tough to watch. And I also recognize this is just Ohio. Okay. Is that enough caveats? Great. Here we go. Wasn't the performance of those freshmen indicative of what we've talked about in the past about the difference between program, the, the, the game by game and last year's team, and maybe even this year's team, and the growth of the program. I mean, we see more talent amongst these freshmen than in many of the upperclassmen. And we know that there's great talent coming behind them, although I would argue this group of freshmen was a particularly special recruiting class. But isn't this exactly what we're talking about here, about not game by game, but how are they building the program, recognizing that from here, player development is key. Right, but this is exactly what we're you, talking you, about. You need the players to players like this group to get to where you want to be. There's only so much coaches can do once they're here. Player development, calling plays. At the end of the day, it, a lot of it, almost not. I don't want to say all of it, but it's it's the players you're recruiting and bringing in. The name of the game is recruiting. Look at the teams that are constantly finishing in the playoffs, top ten. Their, their recruiting rankings are almost exactly the same as where they finish in the, the, the rankings for the season. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, they're always up in the top five. So yep. there's certainly a correlation. And, yes, you can argue that Penn, that James Franklin has even done more with, with less. I mean, look when they – you know, obviously they had Saquon and they had great talent on that team, but – they're now recruiting at a different level than they were really back then. And coming off of two crappy seasons too, I there's, there's reason for optimism and there's also going to be that reason for pessimism too, because of clock management or in-game decisions and all that. But for the most part, yes, you have to like what you're seeing from the way that Penn state is, I guess you could say, I don't want to say rebuilding the program, but it kind of feels like that since COVID in the sense that they're, they're rebuilding and trying to get back to where they were before COVID. So let's give a couple keys to Auburn. Any last minute notes you have on the Tigers? Um, and then a pick. I mean, they're a good defensive team. Um, they're, they're very susceptible through the air though. Um, from what I understand. Um, I think, Whoever's playing quarterback for Penn State's going to have should have a good day. Um, I think running's going to be tough to come by, but got to stay with it. I'm not saying run it every first and second and throw it on every third like they did against Purdue, but establish a run. Um, I, like I said, I gave my keys on defense, um, and then other than that is you're going to have to weather the storm. I mean, Auburn's going to come out fired up. Apparently, it's an orange out. Um, I, I, you know, I guess they're trying to take a page out of Penn State's book from last year. Um, so, you know, it's a two thirty game in Alabama and Auburn, Alabama. 
It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Um, you got to weather the storm, though. And and I think if they can do that and, and play their game, I like Penn State's chances in this game. Um, you know, it, it's it's to me, it's all the the unknowns. You know, that are they is Clifford going to be throwing the ball around? Are we going to be turning it over? Can't give Auburn any gifts at home. Um, you know, they're both teams are. I don't want to say desperate for a win because that's definitely not the right word, but. This is going to go a far way for whichever team wins this game and for the program. Yeah, I did not anticipate after last year's game and even maybe even entering the offseason, I did not expect this Auburn team to be in this state right I, now. I remember, Bob, I was thinking about this today. When we talked about Auburn at the at post-Auburn Penn State last year, I was very complimentary of the way they played. I, I, I thought that their coach didn't unbelievable job they didn't quit they were in it till the last play you know it was any you know they they had a chance at it and um it just doesn't seem like it's working out down there on the plains and it like you said like they had guys going to the portal tank bigsby even went to the portal and then came back but I, i i don't know i mean i think penn state is in a better position culturally i guess you could say locker room whatever you want to call it but right still a road game it's against an sec team who by the way i think they were picked to finish last or second to last in the sec west um which i thought was interesting but it's still it's still auburn so agreed and if this one does not go their way to your point about desperation it gets worse before it gets better with a much improved Arkansas team in the West. And of course, Alabama, LSU. I know Texas A&M suffered a, a, a tough loss, but none of those games are even close to gimme. Absolutely. And so, yeah, what concerns me is it almost feels like most of the folks out there are picking Penn State. I, I don't even know if the line would, the line would agree with that, but, I, I think Penn State wins the game. The key for me is turnovers, and specifically, can the quarterback, whoever that may be, it'll be Sean Clifford to start, right? Can he avoid a costly interception? Uh, I think Auburn's not going to light the world on fire from a scoring perspective, but with put in decent field position, and if they're able to run clock and wear down that Penn State defense with Tank Bigsby, that could be a problem, but I like Penn State to win the game, and I'm going to pick 21-17 as my final. Yeah, I'm right around there, too, with 24-21 Penn State. Um, I think right now they stand at three, three, three and a half points. So we're right both kind of there. Um, definitely a lower-scoring game, especially compared to the Purdue game. Um, but it's it's going to be fun, and, and I, I love watching it. I've always loved watching a 3.30 CBS game. Um, so I'm really excited to actually – watch Penn State on 3.30 CBS, and it sounds sure. like the to that with the new TV contracts and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I it's think just, it, But it's just not – it's not the game that when this was scheduled, what, back in 2017, 2018? Right. It's not the game we expected on I, I September. I don't even think it's <laughs> the Auburn team you expected. I mean, because I remember at the beginning of the season here, you said at least – top 20 maybe a matchup of two top 15 teams yeah i thought it might have gone and, that direction but listen penn state 2-0 they're 22 auburn 2-0 hasn't looked good not ranked yep. um 
and deservedly deservedly so, right? If they had played better, if there was less going on, maybe they would be ranked, but they don't deserve to be ranked right this instant. A win here could change that for the Tigers. I just I think the main reason I'm I'm leaning Penn State in this one is is quarterback play. And you know, you're gonna see probably two quarterbacks from each team in this game, you know, the way that both teams are, are playing right now. And I, I mean, I, I think you can take Penn State's top three quarterbacks. I'll even throw Veyer in there. I, I seriously think any of them start for Auburn. I think you're right. I, I just it's I just can't believe they don't have a better option at, at quarterback. And maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong. I really hope not this week. But um yeah, that's that's the well, difference. It doesn't I guess it doesn't surprise me that much. Uh, maybe it surprises me that they didn't recruit a better kid out of high school, but Bonex transfers. And right. I, again, they've had 12 years to replace him. Here, here we go. Penn State guys making a joke about how long a quarterback's yeah. been in school, but, but still, same idea there. And getting quarterbacks out of the transfer portal, I think we've found, unless you are a top tier school and you're Texas taking Quinn Ewers or something of that nature, or Ohio State getting Justin Fields, it's, or even Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. That was a pretty good pretty good move a couple years ago it's really tough it's really tough to get that guy out of the portal it is yeah i mean quarterbacks that's why i'm so happy penn state's in the position they're in because we all saw what happened last year i think notre dame's going through it a little bit right now their quarterbacks out for four months that's the season um they weren't looking good even with him playing now they got to go to a backup who has played before but it's it's the number one position in sports. I mean, you need a quarterback. So, yeah, and even they last year tried to go to the portal to get Jack Cohn, and I, I think that went decidedly just average. I think they're going to be going back. There's a good chance, and not not here to talk to their Dame, obviously, but I think they might even be going back to it for yep. next year. What I'm hearing right now. Yep. Very but interesting. We're not going to the portal for a quarterback. No, Penn State is not. Should be a great game this weekend. We both have Penn State winning by three or four points, kind of towing the line literally and figuratively there. Uh, should be a great game. 3.30, CBS, Tyler, anything we miss before we get out of here and let folks get on with their week and drooling over a CBS 3.30 football game. Um, no, I think, I, think, I think we hit it all. Um. Enjoy it. I mean, we're already in week three. It, it flies by. Um, enjoy every game, win or lose, because it, it is a very fun time of the year. And um, time of the year. And a lot to look forward to, like we said earlier with this this freshman class. It's going to be really fun to watch them grow these next couple of years. And just an incredibly important football game for the trajectory of Penn State's season. A loss here, you feel a lot differently going into Big Ten play. But with a win – and a Central Michigan team that got crushed by South Alabama last week, you can feel pretty confident that with a win against Auburn, the Nittany Lions go into Big Ten play October 1st. A real nice, not ease-in game, but a game you like to see at the start of the Big Ten calendar against Northwestern at Beaver Stadium. You could be looking at another pretty good undefeated start at about the same time of the year where it all went wrong because there was no quarterback depth. That we're is gonna, now not the we're case. doing this. We're gonna do this again, but it's gonna be a little different this time, huh? That's what it sounds I think like. That's 
Yeah. That's how I see it. That is how I see it. So enjoy the football, everyone. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Can't wait to bring back more Penn State football analysis. We'll break everything down from Penn State's game against the Auburn Tigers and get you uh, get you prepared for Central Michigan. Second home game of the year coming up on the 24th of September. Tyler, thanks as always, my friend. We'll see you next my week. My pleasure.